You've been in the show, man? Yeah, I was in the show. I was in the show for 21 days once. Wow. <laughs> 21 greatest days of my life. One guy. One gal. One actor. And one year. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Kevin, Kevin Costner, Costner Project. Project. Take two. Welcome back. <laughs> oh, boy. It's Monday. Yeah. So Need you say more. No. <laughs> no. And it's maybe one of the Monday or Mondays that has Monday recently. Not to mention it's my dad's birthday. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday, Paul. 78 years young. Yeah. Well, I want to start off this episode with a minor correction. So we just finished editing and uploading our episode about No Way Out. And at the end of that episode, I said we would announce the winner of our contest on the Bull Durham episode. Now the Bull Durham episode will come out after December 15th and December 15th is the deadline for our Kevin Costner Green Mountain Coffee giveaway contest. However, Greg, you and I are actually recording these well in advance right now. Correct. Because we do not want to have to record over the December holidays. Correct. And, I mean, our listeners wouldn't expect us to be recording over... <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> but we still want you to have the opportunity to listen Correct. each week like you would. So exactly. today is actually December 4th. Correct. So there's no way that today on December 4th we can record who the winner is going to be on December 15th. So you have plenty of time to go ahead and enter the contest. All you have to do is subscribe to the podcast on either Spotify or Amazon Music and leave us a five-star review. And then just let us know you've done that and your name will be entered in the drawing. There's no U.S. residency requirement. If you're in Canada, if you're in Spain, if you're in Japan, we will send you coffee if you're a winner. We will do the drawing on whatever episode we happen to be recording on December 15th. And then we will send you your coffee. You can email us at October10Productions. That's the number 10 october 10 productions at gmail.com or via our facebook group so just putting that out there please subscribe like comment whatever and we will see you then so with that behind us on with the show what did we watch we watched bull durham a rated r movie from 1988 it's considered a romantic comedy that runs about an hour and 48 minutes what did the critics have to say at rotten tomatoes and imdb well imdb gave it a 7.0 out of 10 and rotten tomatoes gave it a 97 
That is an impressive score. 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Well, we'll see if that bears fruit here with us. Mm. Um, Kevin's role is that of... Crash Davis. And notable other castmates include Susan Sarandon and Tim Robbins. They got together maybe even during the filming of this movie. They were together like 20 years after this. Uh, Robert Wool. I was very excited to see him. He is in Oscar with Sylvester Stallone, which I had mentioned in our first episode. And anybody else of note? I don't think so. Those are the big names. Tim Robbins, Susan Sarandon, Kevin Costner. It's like a who's who of the late 80s. Yep. All right, Greg. Bull Durham, would you call this movie a romantic comedy? Romantic? Comedy? (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't call it either one. It was a sports movie. As we mentioned last week, the first of two in a row baseball movies that our man Kevin is starring in. And... This is about a young hotshot pitcher played by Tim Robbins who is joining the Durham Bulls, which is a minor league affiliate of a team we're never told. Correct. And he is quite impressed with himself for making it that far. His coaches know he has talent, but he's literally all over the place, and it doesn't seem like if he doesn't get his act together... It seems like if he doesn't get his act together, he's not going to make it to the majors. Correct. So they call up Crash, a.k.a. Kevin Costner, who's a grizzled catcher of the baseball game. Who's been in the minors for who knows how long, but... Something like 10 years, maybe? Right, exactly. And he's almost hit the record for number of home runs in minor league. And he had a three-week stint in the majors but hasn't seen it anymore yeah yeah, he said it was the best 21 days of his life Correct. and susan sarandon is some sort of a poet baseball goddess she like loves classic poetry and every year she selects one player on the bulls to to woo well, yeah, and other things. Yes. I mean, it's not really a wooing so much as she beds them and sends them on their way. Correct. And uh, Ties them to the bed frame, reads them poetry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this year, she's got her eye on, you guessed it, Tim Robbins. That's kind of the general overview of the situation. And... First of all, why the hell did they call the movie Bull Durham? There doesn't seem to be a character named Bull Durham, which was my guess. The team is the Durham Bulls, so that's... I get that it's backwards, but is there any significance to calling the movie Bull Durham? That I'm not sure of. Let's have a look-see. Bull Durham is a 1988... American romantic comedy sports film. 
It is partly based upon the minor league baseball experiences of writer-director Ron Shelton and depicts the players and fans of the Durham Bulls. Bull Durham was a commercial success. Sports Illustrated ranked it the number one sports movie of all time. The Moving Arts Film Journal ranked it number three on its list of the 25 greatest sports movies of all time. The film is ranked 55 on Bravo's 100 Funniest Movies and 97 on the American Film Institute's 100 Years, 100 Laughs list and is number one on the Rotten Tomatoes list of the 53 best-reviewed sports movies. Were they watching the same movie we were? Were we tired or something? I don't know. The film's name is based on the nickname for Durham, North Carolina since 1874 when W.T. Blackwell and company named its product Bull Durham Tobacco, which soon became a well-known trademark. In 1898, James B. Duke purchased the company and renamed it the American Tobacco Company, but the nickname Bull City had already stuck. All right, well, that's basically, I would say, in line with my feelings about the entire movie. So, uh, very nice, very nice. Greg, initial thoughts about Bull Durham. I didn't count how many times uh, Kevin said the F word, but he said it quite a number of times in this movie. I think at one point he said it like six times in three seconds or something. Yeah, yeah, Um, something like that. There was a lot of vulgarity. We got to see what Tim Robbins was hiding in the trunk. It was a welcome change for me after all the boobs I've been forced to sit through, I'll be honest. Young men wandering in and out of showers, but mostly wrapped in towels. Well, first of all, let's tell the people. We drove home yesterday morning from my best friend's 50th birthday party. My best friend, Leslie. I have three best friends. I'm very lucky. But this was my best friend, Leslie's 50th birthday. She lives in Delaware. As you guys know, we're in Rochester, New York. So we had what was supposed to be about a six-hour ride home. We made the mistake of stopping at Trader Joe's, which seems like all hell has unleashed in December upon Trader Joe's. All I needed was my Christmas Kringles. If you guys haven't eaten a Kringle from the O&M Bakery in Racine, Wisconsin, you don't know what you're missing. Order the plain old almond one. It'll be the best thing you put in your mouth this winter. Anyhow. Moving forward, we got home. My car's having some issues. It was pouring rain. It was foggy as all hell. We were driving basically through a cloud through part of the trip. Yep. We were tired. Mm Mm-hmm. We left at 8 o'clock from our hotel. We managed to leave Wilmington at 8.30 after the freaking people at Wawa finally got the stick out and made our sandwiches for breakfast. (laughs) 
apparently as I hit my 50s, my bladder isn't what it used to be, so we had to make four pit stops plus the Trader Joe's, so we got home well past 3 o'clock on a, what Google assured us was a six-hour trip. So we were tired. Okay, I don't know if that made a difference. You're still tired. Yeah, apparently. And so I don't think watching it again tonight is going to make any difference in our review of this No, I don't think so. I think we we still remember what we saw yesterday, even though we're a little tired. So we ordered some pizza. We put the movie on. We were fully prepared to be dazzled by Bull Durham. I was underwhelmed. Greg? Well... I know at some point I had seen this movie, but when I was watching it, I didn't remember a darn thing. You know what I remember most is uh, Kevin and Susan Sarandon French kissing in a bathtub. Mm. That's about what made the biggest impression on me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, overall, he had a bad attitude. Tim Robbins was an idiot. Susan Sarandon was a weirdo. Yep. There was some baseball involved. Yep. I don't even really have much to say about the movie, truthfully. I just, I, I just didn't find it that interesting. I don't know. Did I miss something? Uh, I don't know. Maybe the hilarity or the the comedy of it was lost on us. Maybe that was what it was, or maybe it just didn't hasn't actually lasted the test of time completely. Yeah, I this came out in 1988, so I was a teenager for one third of that year, and you were still a young pup. Maybe it was funny then. Uh, I I maybe. I didn't find it funny. I mean, like. I understand that in comedy you have, like, the chief comedian, and then you have the straight guy. And the the comedian is supposed to, like, play off the straight guy who is supposed to make the comedian part look even funnier. Kevin was the straight man. Tim Robbins was the funny guy. Right. But then you. Had I the... didn't find Tim Robbins all that entertaining. Well, not him personally, but um, Nuke Lelouch. I did not find all that entertaining. He he was full of swagger. He didn't want to listen to anyone. When he didn't listen to anyone, he just basically got his ass handed to him. Right. And then just pitched a fit like a two-year-old, and Kevin just. You know, he knew his glory days were behind him. He didn't make it. He was in a bad mood. And then they both screwed around with Susan Sarandon for a while, and that was basically it. Yeah, I mean, I think in some ways, I mean, you got it right that Tim Robbins is supposed to be sort of the comedian funny guy, and Kevin Costner was the sort of straight arrow, so to speak. But you really had two funny people, so to speak. Susan Sarandon and Tim Robbins were funny people. I don't know if anybody else is into getting tied down and having poetry read to them, (laughs) but that was an interesting scene between uh, Tim Robbins and Susan Sarandon there. 
Do you think they were successful at comedy? I didn't find myself laughing very much. I don't think I laughed one time during this movie. You did give me a sort of nod and wink about a couple things in there, but... Uh... Well, but not because of the humor of them. More like, more like, what do you make of that? I don't recall that I laughed. You're saying maybe I made a face or something at you. I don't think it was because of something funny. I think it was more of a, hey, let's try that. <laughs> oh, really, Kate? Oh, what was that that we should try, huh? Well, I think you know. You've mentioned it twice in this recording already. Well, I don't think our listeners need to know. Then <laughs> <laughs> quit bringing it up. <laughs> All right, back to the movie here. All right, well, how do you think Kevin Costner did as the straight man in a comedy? And we're, we're saying straight as in the serious part, not as in like a sexual orientation, but just as the serious person in a comedy. Well, I don't think he was serious enough. He was, I think you mentioned it, sort of gr a grumpy guy in this thing. And I don't know if you call that serious, but I mean, yes, he kept on giving Tim Robbins' character Nuke uh, suggestions and stuff. But I don't know if I would call that serious. Um there are times when somebody being grumpy is funny. Right? Like, right. the movie Grumpy Old Men is funny. Yeah. I don't know if I was supposed to find Crash Davis hilarious because he was in such a bad mood all the time. But I actually just found him angry. And mm -hmm. it was... Not scary, but it was just sort of like... He had a very short fuse... What would you see as the female lead comedian in this thing? In this guy who is just angry all the time. What is appealing about that? Well. What was appealing about her? Like, these guys are not. You didn't really hear about them having a great love of poetry or understand. Like, Tim Robbins, certainly, he was like, what the hell are you doing? You've tied me oh, down to read me poetry? What is this? Right. He just wanted to have sex there. <laughs> yeah. So, he didn't get it. I don't know that I necessarily got it. I can think of way better sports movies than this. Right. And I don't know what I missed. I feel like I'm missing something that everybody else got and I'm not in on the joke. Well, I know that Kevin Costner's character was like teaching Tim Robbins some wisdom and everything like that. But it sort of, it got lost within a grumpy person. But not even like angry. Right. He was an angry person. Bar fights and supposedly Tim Robbins was supposed to be taught a lesson in some of those bar fights. and But it was sort of like, okay, why would the director 
want to teach lessons within bar fights. It's sort of, to me... Yeah, several times, in fact. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, one of the first scenes you have between the two of them... They take it outside. Right, and they're fighting over Susan Sarandon, basically. Who Tim Robbins doesn't even know. Correct. What's taught there is that because Tim Robbins gets emotional and thinks too much about this, he still can't even hit the broadside of a 747 type thing. I don't know. If it seems like we're rambling, everybody, it's because we're rambling. We just don't know what to make of Bull Durham. Yeah. I, I don't know. Let's go to the five questions we like to ask ourselves. Did we finish it? Yes. Yes, we did. I don't think it ever occurred to me to not finish it. Correct. It wasn't like No Way Out where I was like, I think I kept waiting for an aha moment, like not in terms of how No Way Out ended, but just in terms of, oh, I get it now. Like, I see why this is such a great movie and I never got it. Right. So in Herring and No Way Out, Bull Durham basically stayed at the same level through the whole movie. Yeah. There wasn't a moment. It was sort of, you're at a a high threshold of baseball moments and and fighting in bars. And and there wasn't really a a pause to say, woohoo, this is it. But... I suppose, in the end, that this is it, is that Susan Sarandon's character and Kevin Costner's character sort of ride off in the sunset together, so to speak. <laughs> but even that didn't bring me any joy, which right. romantic comedies, the ones I've really, I mean, I generally have enjoyed those in the past, and the payoff is when that couple gets together at the end, and there's this happy ending and you're all happy inside because finally Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks have figured it out or right you know whoever the case might be i didn't feel that way about these two i wasn't overall happy about it and they really didn't leave anything to the imagination either in terms of you know we saw what they were going to do together right they kind of put the cart before the horse on that one and i mean they didn't get married in the in the film. They just sort of ended up together at the end. There was that cute young couple that got married. Correct. Which was kind of fun. That guy was sort of an uptight religious guy, and she'd been around a little bit. Yeah, she'd been enjoying the various players on the team, we were led to believe. Um, but they, they came together and... They got love. Mar- it was cute. Right, and they got married on the baseball diamond. Yeah, and, and I like that. I guess I don't know what more to say overall about the film either. I just... Yeah. Okay, how do we feel about Kevin's part? How did he do as an angry person, or did you like the character, or... Well, I didn't like his character, but I guess you were sort of led to not like him in this. That's sort of the who he was in the thing. Mm-hmm. I think that he did a great job at portraying an angry, grumpy old minor league player. But when you think about the great 
teachers and gurus in movies. Like, not, not Kevin Costner in this Yeah, one. not Crash Davis. Yeah. Like you think about Obi-Wan Kenobi and you think about Mr. Miyagi and the Karate Kid. Right. And they're supposed to impart this wisdom in ways that help you focus and keep you calm. He and Nuke were like at each other's throats constantly. Right. I didn't get the sense that Nuke made it to the Major's because he really learned a hell of a lot i don't feel like he really learned anything no and his pitching didn't improve the last game we saw him pitch he was still all over the place and then he and crash got into an argument about a call and crash had a habit of telling the batters like hey he's gonna pitch this if he was pissed at nuke and he did that and nuke pitched exactly what crash said he was going to and the guy hit it out of the park and i guess maybe he learned to listen to the catcher but then he was going to go play with a different catcher anyway and we don't see what happens when he gets to the majors so right all that we get from nuke being in the majors is like a television interview which he did take crash davis's advice and said a lot of the lines that Crash oh, yeah. had said. I forgot about that. In some ways, I guess Nuke maybe did learn a little bit because he did take Crash's advice at least on that. So maybe because he ended up in the majors, he was did look back on what Crash said a little bit. But it's it, it's hard to it's a reach. I mean, all you get really to to convince you of that is that interview and from. The supposed major league club. We have now seen two movies in a row where Kevin's had some pretty steamy sex scenes. Yep. He has upped his sex scene game, I would say, from where he started <laughs> yep. to where he's at now. Exactly. I mean, Susan Sarandon did not look bored, let's no. put it that unlike uh, what happened in Sizzle Beach. I mean, that must be an awkward thing to film. But I think he's come a long way on that. I'm I'm stretching for positives to say. Did he do a good job as an angry person or in this role that I didn't particularly care about? Sure, I guess so. Okay, did the film make you feel some kind of way, Greg? Not really. I guess caught my eye the, the way... Susan Sarandon wanted to torture the guys that she was with. I felt more frustration. I was waiting for that other shoe to drop, but it never did, in my view. So I'm very confused on why it's rated so high. For me, I will say this. Last summer, I spent a couple of months working at a baseball park to earn some extra cash in Pierre, South Dakota. And it's not a minor league team, it's a college league team. The boys there are all in college and they come for the summer and they travel around and play baseball against each other. Correct. To try and like get better at their craft so that maybe they can eventually make it to to the minors at least. But really, most of them are never going to make it. And they're just there to enjoy playing baseball for the summer. 
It did take me back to that experience. So there were always girls kind of floating around there. One even got themselves kicked out of the ballpark for... Yeah, for being a little excessively flirty and underage. Yes. As a plucky bonus. There was people doing goofy giveaways and, you know, the kind of sassy old man announcer and just people who would come all the time. You would get to know them just because they loved it. The team was terrible. They never won. I think in the summer that I worked there, they might have just won a couple games. Really just not good. And I don't think they won very many this summer. I didn't work there this summer. The first year we moved out there, not really knowing what it was about, we did get season tickets for that first summer. And it was kind of fun just to, like, be in that atmosphere. And I suppose that's what some of this made me feel like. You know, you could see the dopey billboards, and if the guy hit the bull with the home run, then he won a free steak or whatever. And I'll tell you a funny story about that. So the... uh You know, of course, like any minor league park, they're going to have sponsors. I mean, the major leagues have sponsors, too, where they pay for, like, billboard space and so forth. And then the announcer during, like, the... Is there an official term for the break when they switch who's fielding and who's batting between the top and bottom of the inning? Is there any official term for that? Not that I can think of, but when they were switching sides, right? right? And so the announcer will read out, like, our friends at Allied Plumbing have, you know, sponsored a home run derby contest this inning, and the first five players to hit a home run, you know, if they do it, then everybody wins a free $200 gift certificate for plumbing or whatever the hell it was. So one night, we're all sitting there. I sold tickets, so I was up in the top in the ticket booth. But there was a commotion down on the field, and all of a sudden, we we go out to see what's going on, and all you can see are our trapper players running like hell out of the dugout. And it turns out that the water main inside the dugout broke, and the dugout was getting flooded. These poor kids were soaked to the bone running around they were trying to figure out how to shut the water main off and somebody yelled hey why don't you call your friends at allied plumbing (laughs) (laughs) and i found that so hilarious and i felt like these people in um durham would have a similar vibe yes so the movie did make me feel that way it kind of made me a little i didn't think i'd ever be nostalgic for working at that ballpark again but it did make me there are a lot of characters involved in especially minor league ball i'm looking forward to we do have a minor league team here in rochester and i hope we get to go next year yes i do enjoy it so i guess all encompassing you did feel some kind of way yeah I think it was nostalgia more than hilarity. Got it. But I did feel something. Finally, would you watch it again? Uh, to be honest, I don't think I need to watch this one again. There are other baseball-related movies that I would watch again and again 
and again. And you have watched again and again and again, probably. Guilty as charged. Yeah. First of all, we actually paid to watch this one. I think it was about seven bucks. Seven bucks. So cheaper than one movie ticket for one of us. We did pay to watch this movie. I would watch it again. Surprise, surprise. Okay. Mainly because I still think I'm missing something. And I'm curious to watch it again and see if I can unlock the key to why this is such a great movie. Okay. I'll grant you that. And yeah, maybe... I don't want to feel left out. I feel left out. I mean, could, could it be partly that we were just tired from coming back? Maybe we weren't in the best frame of mind somehow? I, but, yeah, may, maybe maybe we need to watch it again at some point to see. Yeah. I see mean, we have a lot more to... movies to get through. I'm not talking about watching it anytime soon. Okay. But, yes, I would watch it again. If for no other reason than that. Okay. So, I guess it's ratings time, Greg. Oh, boy. Um, Well, I have to say this is not the worst movie I've ever seen. No, but if somebody put a gun to my head, and I like to make this, like... I don't know why this is always my thing. If somebody put a gun to my head and said I had to do A or B, if somebody put a gun to my head and said I either have to watch American Flyers or Bull Durham again, I think I might honestly pick American Flyers. Really? Kevin was kind of a shithead in both of them. Okay. But I felt like there was a lot more redemption in American Flyers. And I could see where... Now, we're not talking I want to. Okay. I'm just willing to. Okay. If I had to choose one at this point, knowing what I know now, that's what I'm going to say. I believe I rated American Flyers a five, so I'm going to give Bull Durham a four. Okay. I'm on the other side, I think, maybe, when you compared... American Flyers versus Bull Durham. I don't know. I just, I didn't care for American Flyers at all. Maybe it's because I'm more in the baseball that I would lean more towards watching Bull Durham. Even though you don't really see a lot of baseball, you, for some reason it, it hits me better than watching a bicycle race. Okay. But that being said... I can't rate it high. And to me anything below a 4 is garbage. 4 to 6 is okay. 7 and 8 is pretty darn good and then 9 and 10 is fantastic. Correct. So that's my personal scale. So I think Bull Durham was okay. But on the low end of okay is yes. from what you're saying. Unless you are about to say something magical that makes me boost it to the middle of okay. It's not getting a six. Right, right. I, I understand that. I think with your feeling about you'd watch American Flyers over Bull Durham and my thinking of the other way around, then that sort of means to me that they're, and they should be really the same rating then. We're both sort of saying they're about equal. I mean, so I'm 
I'd say I'm going middle there. I'm giving it five. Well, now you're making me think. Did I finish it? Yes. Overall, did I like the film? No. Kevin did a fine job being an angry young old man. Young old man, yeah. <laughs> it did make me feel some kind of way. And I would watch it again. So, maybe it is five material. Yeah. It's I, a tough choice between the two. And they can both be middle of the road, I guess. Right. I, I mean, I'm still really shocked at the ratings that, like, IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes give. They're acting like it is, like, a nine movie. and Like, one of the best baseball movies ever. How can this be better than Field of Dreams or... For Love of the Game. Wild Pitch. What was that other one? Major League. Major League. I can't see it. I mean, Major League was dopey, but it was funny. Yeah. This was not funny to me, really, at all. Yeah, I mean, they tried to make it funny with the whole bedroom scenes with Susan Sarandon and everything... But the rest of it was sort of like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I did enjoy Robert Wall. He's another character actor that I really like watching him work. So I'm going to attempt to contact him and see if he'll come talk to us. Because I would absolutely love to have a conversation with him. Maybe not necessarily about Bull Durham, although I guess we have to sort of stick to Bull Durham. But... He's a great actor. Well, if, if the conversation goes elsewhere, you know. Yeah, it's not my fault if we meander into Sylvester Stallone territory. <laughs> <laughs> be quite a leap, but I would be willing to do it. Are you meaning from that movie Oscar? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, do we have anything more to say about Bull Durham? This episode's been all over the place. I apologize. Well, I mean, it's all over the place because the movie is sort of all over the place. Yeah. I think I'm going to go to a five. You're at a five? I'm at a five. So a solid five, 50%. I don't know what the heck these guys at IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes are smoking, to say nothing of Sports Illustrated and all the rest. Next week, though, we're watching a really good baseball Field of Dreams. Greg's going to have a lot to talk about next week. I'm going to talk about the first time I saw Field of Dreams, which I still remember. And yeah, that's it. So remember to subscribe and five star our podcast if you want a chance at some delicious Green Mountain Kevin Costner blend coffee. Yep. Hasta la vista. See you See next you week. Bye. The Kevin Costner Project is produced by October 10 Productions. Our theme music is Happy Acoustic Guitar Background Music by Music Unlimited via Pixabay.com. Audio clips included under fair use policies in our best accordance with U.S. copyright law. You can find us online at thekevincostnerproject.com or by searching Facebook, Instagram, Twitter X, or TikTok for The Kevin Costner Project. 
This podcast is not endorsed by Kevin Costner or his agents yet.